OTBGAA. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on off the ball with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Here we are, we're on air. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I told you we were about to come back on. You kept telling the story. On your head, may it go, Kenny. So we are 2 0 to Inter against AC Milan. Confirmation this is truly the worst Champions League knockout stage. <laughs> In the history of the competition, certainly this uh, century. What are you referencing exactly? You know, you've thrown that out a few times. You've played with your patting yourself in the back, aren't you? What games specifically are you talking about here? Name a good a bit one. Of meat in the bone. No, no, you name the bad night. ones. Don't flip it onto me. How about this? You name the dire okay. games that you had. You've had. Don't, don't start flicking on your computer either. Don't start pressing buttons. <laughs> you've made the statement. Okay. Back it up. Back it up. Can I answer? Aside from last night at the Bernabeu. Yeah. All of, them. Them. All oh, of them. Ah, that's a cop out. It's an absolute cop out. You've made a sweeping state, I have. statement there. All I'll of put them. you on the spot. You haven't been able to back it up. Drama free. You haven't been... This proves my point. I have to look them up because they're so forgettable. Name another four teams that have been in the, 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 right. the playoffs. Inter, the knockouts. Inter Benfica seem to knock your socks off. Sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't even know. You never watched it. I saw enough. You're critiquing these games. You haven't even seen them. Anyway, move it on. I didn't mind. Lost I didn't mind Bayern against Man City first leg, but again, tension free. Tension free. Yeah, no, they were in cruise control in that se- uh, second leg. Yeah. I'll give you that. Real Madrid Liverpool by the standards we were hoping for. Dud, annihilation at Anfield. Yeah, it was thrilling for the few minutes, but we never. Oh, got it was the thrilling. Oh, dud, so dud game, but it was absolutely thrilling. Thrilling it's a few moments. Contra- it's just like watching someone get con- you know contradiction in terms. So, there, Joe. It was, it was a knockout. That was, it was a knockout in the first round as opposed to uh, went the distance. All oh, right. So yeah, if you're using an analogy of a boxing match, anything that ends before the tour, the tour round, forget it. Oh, forget it. Do you, so you, it doesn't sorry, matter. It doesn't matter. The Liverpool Real Madrid second leg that really not. So had most of those Mike Tyson there. You, you totally disregard Mike Tyson in terms <laughs> no, of his, his career. I take those my, early knockouts. So you don't take my point there, no. You really enjoyed the second leg of Liverpool against Real Madrid, did you? <laughs> no, I think you're exaggerating. Chelsea Real Madrid did it for you as well, did it? Really good game. Really good two-legged tie. Chelsea Real Madrid. Yeah, no, no, I enjoyed the two. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Madrid, obviously, in, in, it doesn't have to be Joe, it doesn't have to go to the last minute, you know, goals galore, what's going you know what I mean? It could go e- either way. It doesn't always have to be that type. If it was, they'd probably get pretty boring, like if we were experiencing them every single When those games do come along, no. they really kind of capture the imagination. It's been like that for the last 10 years, and it's been just fine oh, by for me. God's sake, not a massive over exaggeration. We've had extraordinary knockout stages. These have been, by a distance, the worst knockout stages of the last decade. That's not even a controversial statement. You just don't like me saying it. If you thought of that, you'd be happy with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do we have on the other one? The Napoli-Milan game. Just didn't live up to the expectations. Bayern City, Inter, Bayern. I'm flicking back through them. Here we go. I'm flicking back through them. What else did we have? Real Madrid-Chelsea. No. Round of 16. Here we go. Milan against Spurs. No. Paris PSG. Oh, to be fair, that was rotten. That Sorry. second leg in the Tottenham Stadium, nil all, wasn't it? Yeah. That was rotten. Oh, no, that stunk the place out. Oh, thank you. That did stink the place out. PSG, a disgrace against Bayern. 
<laughs> Sorry, who could forget Club Bruges, Club Brugge against Benfica? You enjoyed that. You clearly you? have because you've had to go into your computer to find it. So you, Club Brugge, Benfica lives in your memory, does it? Oh, you're on a roll now. Come on, you're on a roll. Who could, the conversation. Sorry, I, this is getting boring. Sorry, I forget actually, about the games being boring. No, no, These no, conversations gotta, have got boring I gotta, very quick. I got to stand down. I'd forgotten about Frankfurt Napoli in the round of sixteen. <laughs> Fourth leg, great game. What did you watch? Fourth leg, Joe? No. Oh right. All right. <laughs> Talking off the top of your head again. I think you're just saying this. Talking off the top of your head again, right? Dortmund, Chelsea. Who could forget? (laughs) All of us could. And then uh, the the icing on the cake. Leipzig, Man City. Wasn't that a great two-legged tie? Or Inter Porto. Do you remember that? Fine game. Fine game, Inter Porto. (laughs) It was. Yeah. Enjoyed that. You watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want an answer? What's your? Is there a big? Is there? Big point here off the back of it or my, my point is one off one off knockout aside games or what last, are you aside from last night it's just been a disappointing Champions League knockout stages. And I say this by the way with great love. If ever a competition is allowed a dodge year, it's the Champions League of all competitions because it's just been exceptional for a decade. So it's gonna happen sometimes that it doesn't quite catch fire. That's okay. I still love it. It's still better than most competitions. Mm. But let's not pretend it's been good. This is a semi-final and you're asleep last there in the night, corner. Joe. So, uh, did I not start off with the exception of last night, Kenny? The Camden Palais was rocking. <laughs> it was rocking down there. So uh, let's, just for anybody tuning in before we talk about last night, give a very brief oh, sorry. synopsis of Milan nil Inter 2. Goals from Dzeko. Great goal from Dzeko. Really great goal. And uh, Mkhitaryan's wasn't bad either. So Inter very much in control on top. Yeah, but yeah, probably saying controlling in top kind of gives a false impression in terms of total controlling the ball and uh, you know in terms of dominating uh, possession, keeping the ball away from Aysmila. It hasn't been that type. It's been a kind of high energy, kind of real kind of uh, dynamic performance from Inter Milan. You know, high press really went after uh, Milan. Almost kind of bullied them a little bit, took the ball off them, broke quickly. You know, quick transitions, Joe. In terms of getting the ball into forward areas, midfielders arriving, Mkhitaryan a great example of that in the lead up to the to the second goal. You know, uh, wing backs high and wide as you as you'd expect. Just um, yeah, just bang on it uh, into Milan from the start of the game, and really uh, AC just couldn't get a foothold in the game at all. You know, Giroud on the periphery, which wouldn't be you know unusual for him. He's very much dependent on service around the but. No, forward players just couldn't get into the into the game. Uh, Diaz off the flank, Salamakos just couldn't get enough pressure. No sustained pressure on that Inter Milan goal, and probably lucky to win two 0 down at half time. Mm. Shot hit the the inside of the post there at two 0 A couple of one or two half chances after that penalty given, then kind of uh, taken away. That could have gone against them as well, and you would yeah. have thought that's it. Um, the tie is over if they get that toward goal. So yeah, literally hanging on to their coattails at the moment. Uh, AC Milan at 2-0 and uh, just repeating myself a touch but earlier on with the Dzeko goal so he's under a lot of pressure he's, he's in a bit of a wrestle and it's an in-swinging corner and I mean at, at first glance you'd think oh he's just stuck a leg out and, and had okay contact and maybe you know a bit of ankle in there these are difficult things to time perfectly but it's it's a really good finish and then you see the replay and under that kind of pressure, you know, wrestling a little bit off balance, one foot in the air, it's just the cleanest contact. It's a great finish. And you were saying just before nine o'clock news, he was, in fairness, a very good technician in the Premier League. I remember one day against Spurs, he must have scored four goals. And he really was 
elite, you know, probably just quickly forgotten. Can you remember how long he had? He was longer in um, in England than we... Was he three or four years? I wouldn't did he, be surprised did he if it was... out his contract? I wouldn't be surprised if it was five in the end. I'll yeah, check I'll now. Yeah, I think he was, long, he was longer there than we, than we think. It's just he's been so surpassed by what's come subsequently, you quickly forget, you know. So what age is he now? Did he play the, the big game when they when they won the league? The the big Aguero moment. Was he on the pitch then or was he... Am I he way off the there, second. He scored the second. He was there five years. Five years, 2011 yeah. to 16. 130 appearances, 50 goals. So not like off the charts, but no. very respectable. Yeah, no, never, never prolific. But yeah, he was more than that. He was always more than that, just uh, about his goals. And more than even in just in terms of back to goal, you know, focal point, you know, link up merchant, you know what I mean? He yeah. could could travel with the ball, you know, wasn't embarrassed with the ball at his feet. Very kind of nice all round, very accomplished player. Maybe even a touch underrated. Probably won't go down in uh, Manchester City history of, you know, of that of that time in terms of the standout kind of players. Probably wouldn't get a mention, but he, he looked comfortable in that company. It's probably the biggest compliment you could pay him. So last night then. This was a proper game. Elite, 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 elite. You enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I spoke to you before and I said, generally games like this, you know, I don't don't leave the house. It's like, you know, whoosh, not interested, phone off, don't want any background noise. I made the exception last night, like I said, ended up meeting with a f- uh, few pals t- uh, to watch the game, but literally no conversation I wasn't involved in the conversation literally just focused on the game and did thankfully you, did you pre-warn them that you weren't going to talk to them <laughs> I pre-warned them that that was going to be as uh, miserable as sin not to take offence no no they, they knew the script thankfully the the sound level was getting um, was getting uh, was getting channeled in as well which is important isn't it you never quite I hate, I hate being in a pub if yeah. you hear the commentary yeah there's not too many of them around is it? I think around Dublin you know we've probably been a, been a lot of pubs around and even when it's on you can't hear it's even worse no, you want, you want and they're constantly straining like yeah yeah exactly don't want to be uh, fine so, yeah, so I really enjoyed it start to finish to be honest with you add them flowed a little bit the game and well if we break it into two halves Jekyll by the way has just missed a great opportunity he was one on one great save the keeper so it's head for a corner so first half predominantly Manchester City had about 72% possession and then Vinicius scored that goal. So would you say City better team first half or did you think Madrid were quite happy to let yeah. them have the ball? Bit of both, which is always the, the case, Joe. And this is why I love kind of Ancelotti. Kind of ego never gets in the way with him. You know, and that's the type of manager who's embarrassed by giving the ball up to Manchester City or would be embarrassed by those stats if he feels as if he wants his team to take a backward step and by that I mean operate more of a, a defensive block despite the amount of talent that they have in the team he's strong enough to do it he's strong enough to give the order we're, we're heading back towards the edge of our penalty box here we're going to look to play uh, counter-attack and football you know, which he's done successfully at times so there was an element of that I thought in that first half in terms of maybe given possession up to Manchester City that said I thought City were very assured confident with their passing and yeah that force kind of whatever it was 20-25 minutes wasn't just pass for passing sake which can be the sake with with Manchester City you know that kind of um, you know mid-third area of the pitch you know recycling the ball sideways passing you know they, they, they had a bit of penetration to their play there was the De Bruyne chance uh, early on wasn't there Grealish had some lovely moments good crosses into the box the, uh, Rodrigo had a shot from kind of distance so I thought they were in the ascendancy although Real Madrid were hardly uh, kind of sixes and sevens yeah, yeah exactly the, so that's the, what I'm saying it was very interesting uh, to watch it's quite interesting as well and again it, it feeds into your point about Ancelotti uh, Valverde would often just slip from midfield into a what became a back five as well again 
not afraid to yeah. that, that's like big Sam territory for Leeds at the weekend against City but Real Madrid quite happy to have five in defence a lot as well no yeah. problem I thought that midfield dynamic was very interesting because on the, on the, you look at it and they're really both playing the same Kroos and yeah. Rodrigo playing as the six that deep line and then you got the two number eights uh, respectively so you think they kind of cancel each other out but it's not the case because when one team uh, gets the ball there's not an obvious um, you can't there's nobody immediately in your vicinity so if you uh, take for example Tony Cruz in that deep line position when he receives the ball in the central uh, midfield area you really you want the number 10 playing alongside them to get into immediate contact with him. when you play with two weights with Gundogan and the Bruyne they're stretched a little bit in those pockets Not yeah. neither of them are in close contact with Cruz so you have to shuffle it a little bit out of possession and you, and you don't want Haaland dropping on him uh, no not necessarily no you, you can get no kind of press high up the pitch you see you're pressing high you send Haaland up the pitch the wingers Bernardo Silva and then you've got to follow him so so who comes into contact with Crowe so invariably what happens is De Bruyne goes into that number 10 position and Gundogan and Rodrigo kind of pair up as two sixes in midfield and the first goal was very interesting City put that high, uh, high press on Rodrigo who's generally the holding one in that, in that pocket in the six has to push up onto Modric um, a high right sided uh, position uh, Real Madrid played the little kind of 1-2 but as they're playing that 1-2 if you look at the big picture Gundogan is the absolute key because he's the one who now finds himself in that kind of deep line midfield position it's his responsibility now to assess this situation and have a look at that vast chasm of space that's uh, opened up in behind Rodri as he's vaulted forward to try and press Modric there's a huge amount of space now in behind it's his responsibility to recognise that and to start moving across into that that area to pitch even before they've worked that little one too so when Camavinga gets the wrong side of Bernardo Silva and starts driving towards that halfway line invariably Gundogan glides over doesn't necessarily take the ball off him but slows him down gets into contact it's what Ferrandino done time and time again for Manchester City he was the best at it best at the last 10 years him and Kante assessing danger um, and uh, positioned themselves in the right area of the pitch from a defensive point of view didn't see it early enough Gundogan and when he did react he's a little bit slow over the ground the result being Carmavinga carte blanche to drive into the Manchester City half the pitch get his head up and just release that pass into Vinicius and we and we know the rest but you could actually you can talk about should have been pressed by the centre halves etc etc but in terms of stopping it at source for me it was all about Gundogan has he got those defensive instincts does he see it Remember Gundogan getting thrown in for the Champions League final against uh, Chelsea? That big decision with Guardiola made. I'm going to put you in and play as that six. Yeah. I want to get you to get on the ball and get us playing, dominate the ball. But the flip side is, his defensive qualities, mm, not so sure about. So even that small microcosm last night, in that moment, that couple of seconds, that little quick interchange, one, two, he had a big decision to make. Can, can I see it? Can I adjust my position and nullify that threat early before Camerving gets into air ha- after pitch? No, he couldn't. Didn't see it early enough and had got the legs to get across the pitch. There so is things uh, like that. No, no manager on planet Earth than Pep Guardiola who can obsess over those minor details and he will have uh, several days to do so. So what changes is he likely, if any, to make for the second leg? How, how are City feeling about one all? Got to be pretty. I think good. they're feeling pretty good. Yeah. But I I heard a few comments attributed to him after I heard him talking, and again to the effect of, look, might need to tweak things for the second leg in terms of playing the game that I want. He envisages them playing back at the Etihad. 
there was a hint of a suggestion that he might make, need to make one or two alterations. So that was like, ooh, wow, this is this is really He'll stick with Walker on Vinicius, will he? I think he has to. Yeah, absolutely has to. Okay. 1v1, he's the only one who can deal I heard Danny Murphy wonder if, given it's Camavinga at left-back, yeah. more of a midfielder, would there be an argument to stick Mares over there and say, really, go at him? Yeah, absolutely. Mares or Phil Phone. I think Mares for me, as an, as an attacking threat, is is the is better placed at playing right of a three all season? I felt at their strongest for me, it's Ireland, Grealish, and Mares. If you look at it purely from an attacking point of view, and now you say, well, football is more about attacking. What about the defensive side of this game? I think he's actually improved, Mares. There was a time I felt you had to carry him almost out of position. Don't think that's the case yeah. now. Is he the greatest defender? Like, no, he's no, not. Please. But he's still shift, and he'll, he'll kind of track a runner. As good as Bernardo Silva was, we saw his limitations uh, yesterday in terms of his straight line speed. Couldn't live with Camavinga when he popped that little uh, one-two around him. So yeah, I think that's one of the obvious uh, conversations which will be had. Will he release kind of? Uh, Mares or possibly even Foden in that uh, right sided position and really test the defensive qualities of Camavinga, who I'm a huge fan of. But yeah, playing left back from a defensive point of view, very different mm. to playing as a central midfield player. So you're absolutely right. There's an argument even for saying Bernardo, so it doesn't even come out with a team. He gets flipped into midfield in place of maybe Gundogan in that left sided A position alongside the Bruyne, who gives him so he gives him that real kind of dynamic tenacity energy in, this, in there as well. So you, you get it in that kind of central midfield position opposed to playing a uh, right of a three so that's kind of so that's very interesting but um, for, for me there was a little bit more I, I looked at City difficult to be overly critical of any one uh, player but I looked at Akanji playing left back and I thought they suffered a little bit in possession of the ball there was a period of time in that first half Joe he got on the ball in a 10-15 minute period on the halfway line Grealish has dropped off to receive the ball tight to the touch line and Carvajal was having a difficult time against uh, uh, Grealish and the amount of times he didn't Kanji didn't open up his body and feed Grealish he, he popped back onto the inside played it back to Rodrigo back to his uh, left sided centre half and I thought that I thought that was poor somebody lacking a little bit of confidence playing off his left side and really seeing the pictures I mean all he had to do was open his body but keep popping Grealish the ball into his feet and Carvajal was under, under real pressure and he didn't do that and I think actually Nathan Ake uh, gets the nod for me in possession over a Kanji he's uh, better balanced obviously left sided player and for me he's more productive travelling into the opposite, opposition half the pitch for me he keeps feeding Grealish in those situations backs him up and can actually contribute a little bit more from an attacking point of view is he as good an athlete uh, as a, as a Kanji would, would you back him in 1v1 situations against Rodrigo maybe not but again I think if Guardiola's top are getting on the front foot dominating possession carrying more of an attacking threat now we're talking about a left back here but for me possibly even Ake comes back into the uh, into the equation as well mm. I think you're right John Stones right back see at the best this season we've seen John Stones operate as a right back that inverted full back position coming into the uh, mid- uh, midfield Guardiola might say that's when he enjoys the City team playing that kind of rotation you know the kind of quick play combination play interchange all of that type of thing but just don't think you can do it against him you just can't yeah. can't afford to have your right back playing the centre midfield quick transition and Vinicius hugging the left touchline receiving the ball and running at City's right sided uh, uh, centre half I just can't see that but he said it he's gone on record as saying it Guardiola so he's got clearly got something in his mind and for me it's really interesting because he's got a history previously of tinkering with things 
Jose's uh, Guardiola and actually getting it uh, wrong and I give him a bit of credit this time around he's, he's tinkered a little bit with the team with the knockout stage not too much um, but by and large I think he's got it right Bernardo Silva playing that kind of right side of the three up until now I could see the, the logic in yeah, that Walker coming in again Benicia's sounds pretty obvious but even still well played saw John Stones play right side of centre half from the second leg against Bayern Munich and travel from that central defensive position into midfield I actually thought that worked better for me rather than travelling from the right back position into central midfield that was easier for me that transition but well, it's just physics he's closer yeah exactly to get, get back from a central midfield for your position back into a central defence but yeah absolutely so that even that kind of small didn't, on the night didn't carry much weight so those small little adjustments which he's made for me but I'd give him credit for that yes. uh, Guardiola because I would be critical of him in terms of referencing them already some of the kind of uh, teams that he's put out kind of previously kind of getting in his own way a bit maybe overthinking it probably one of his greatest strengths he's a great thinker of the game yeah. you know, we all know how good he is fast forward a week yeah. Haaland at centre half <laughs> um, do you make City strong favourites or do you think based on what you saw last night this thing's still right no I make them favourites I, I, I felt they'd do it I felt they'd obviously I'd, I felt they'd win it and even when they were uh, pitched up against uh, Madrid don't quite feel as if Madrid are at the level that they were uh, last year even that midfield for me um, I, I, I wouldn't say there's a weakness in it so I referenced the, we referenced the first Real Madrid goal you flip it to the Manchester City goal you look at Tony Cruz's position he's playing in that deep line a central midfield position lovely pass for ball array of pass in technical ability wonderful calm measured composed in possession out possession Joe makes me nervous and if you look at the position that he had uh, when Kevin De Bruyne put that ball into the corner of the net it, it was strange position he's, he's, in a, he's in the defensive line he's 15 yards away from uh, De Bruyne a position he should never be in yeah. again understand the position what's required you know people uh, the midfielders with that kind of defensive mindset it, ju- it just quickly sense danger and most would get themselves in a position at least to be in contact with De Bruyne there Valverde got attracted to Grealish Modric got attracted to Gundogan when the ball was played on on the inside Cruz was the only one who got himself detached and didn't spot the danger so I actually think uh, our possession there's a small slight weakness in that uh, Real Madrid uh, central midfield area so I think that's something which City can can take advantage of if they're at their best at their very best from an attacking point of view what a glorious strike it was though oh sweet Joe honestly oh my god <laughs> just artistry I was up I was up <laughs> yeah I was up off to see I've got to be honest with you there was a big group of uh, Spaniards a fair play doing good form uh, Real Madrid supporters obviously and they were all giving it plenty and I've no massive Manchester City allegiance but I have to admit when that oh. when that strike hit the I was up hands above my head yeah. proper yeah it was unbelievable I mean hey the funny old game like how did, oh, De Bruyne outstanding not so much for me like no, even on the periphery of it you know first that, half. that NBC Champions League panel that has Henri and Michael Richards right. and Jamie Carragher they were all aghast that he was given man of the match in certain quarters I think the fans vote in and they gave it to De Bruyne and they were saying he didn't have a good game the goal of course yeah. stunning but he didn't have a good game and in some ways you know his reaction when he scored the goal was almost relief probably because he knew himself he wasn't having yeah. a great game and also there was a degree of hands to heaven as in 
I've just done something even I know is a bit special <laughs> on a big yeah, moment, you're right. big occasion. Yeah, and he'd know he's that type of player. He always strikes me as very intelligent. Yeah, uh, he knows player. that goal will endure. Yeah, and I think he understands as well. He wasn't being able to impose himself in the game as he would have wanted, particularly first half. Couldn't quite get into the game. I thought he was better kind of uh, uh, second half, kind of stamped his authority a little bit more on the game without taking control of it. But yeah, that one moment of kind of real quality you know just kind of bit, everything's going on madness kind of around it was a quick transition wasn't it Real Madrid kind of regained their uh, defensive shape but it's just that kind of just calms itself and just kind of slows down a little bit just kind of almost steps away from the from the play wasn't it just waiting just waiting for that kind of moment and yeah the technique was absolutely jeez oh. through <laughs> the laces Joe <laughs> through the laces it rose at about like half a degree steadily but never got too high I mean there's really something about something. that strike which, which now that one which just comes across your body I, I could never mark, I never had to to be honest which obviously the, the area of the pitch I play but in training you'd always be banging around I'd join in uh, shooting sessions and, and stuff like that but that technique that one coming across your body was like a panic it would always be like a panic mode you'd, you'd You'd fear kind of dunking your, t- getting your toes stuck in, in the dislocated ankle. Anything could happen. It's, you know, it's s- such a difficult technique to kind of time and the kind of sweet spot that you have to. You can embarrass yourself with that type of. You can miss the ball com- completely. You can kick it back where it's it's come from. You know, so yeah, those kind of technicians who are like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I fancy this. That's beautiful. I show it to you upstairs in the roof after when we're done. <laughs> Not as hard as you think. When you know how, it's easy. No, I, I, I know I've been what you told mean. you had a uh, reasonably high level of technical ability, Joe. I know what you mean. It, it, it was, um, yeah, God, it was just so fitting, that moment, you know. I think it was right. It was the right result, I thought. And I was pleased both teams came out and looked to play. There was a, great, a degree of caution to a certain extent. Don't, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I thought it was a high quality game. I thought it was a high quality, was a high quality mm. game, yeah. undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, a line from Jack Grealish by the way quick one then I go to an ad break he was uh, talking about the game on BT afterwards and he said they love him on the post match he's such he's a got to be everybody's first choice any chance so of grass, uh, he's, Jack. he's just so charming and open and he's like yeah I can tell you what was going on it's not going to affect the next game I'll just be honest he's great so he was saying they let us have the first pass a few times and then they had a high press manager says keep the ball oh yeah so playing against Carvajal was tough people said to me last night you know what he's going to be like it was a good battle I was tired at the end I've never had cramp before but I had cramp in both my calves at the end never had cramp before both calves at the end considerable calves as well of course Kenny um, yeah were you a man to get cramp <laughs> did, I, did I ever get cramp in both calves it's the centre half the sad day of the centre half Jamie Carragher Istanbul yeah no, f- fair play the end of a long season extra time yeah emotional yeah you know t- take your point in Carragher's case generally speaking no if you're getting cramps the centre you're doing too much running around you're hiking or headless chicken stuff you, okay. know, you need to be if you've dirty shorts as a centre half and you're getting cramped <laughs> doing something wrong no cramp no I don't remember too many I don't many too, too many examples of uh, cramp now you know um, I heard um, I was listening to um, what I will say sorry yeah. on the Grealish thing though I think he's got to be careful Grealish I was a little bit disappointed with him uh, last. I spoke about Kanji not getting the ball mm. uh, too early which I obviously cut him a bit of slack you know, he could be demanding the ball a little bit more, um, but I thought he, he got he got too caught up in that feud uh, with Carvajal as the game went on. Well, it's interesting he's saying there. People were saying to me last night, you know what it's going to be like. He was obviously seeing this as a real duel. Yeah, but he got but he got caught up in it. 
he got, he got, he couldn't detach himself from. And I saw him back to the bad old days of Jack Grealish second half, getting possession of the ball and waiting for the contact, wanting the contact, okay. exaggerating the contact, going to ground. That's not what Guardiola wants. He's been trying to get that over his game when he came to City. Yes, yes, stay on the ball. The first goal was a very good example of that when they fed him the ball in the lead up to the goal. Guardiola, Guardiola not that I've been privy to the conversations, but keep hold of the ball, keep hold, draw as many of those opposition players to you, and at the right moment release it release it to a player in space and mm. that's what he's very uh, good at Keep it's not keeping possession of the ball now to feed his own ego what a good player I am it's keeping possession looking to draw and entice as many of those players over as possible and then it's about head up awareness release of the pass to a player spare on the inside which he did to Gundogan which eventually went to De Bruyne and that's how the goal uh, transport but second half was different there wasn't about that he was looking over his shoulder he was fixated on Carvajal looking to make contact looking for free kicks looking to get him booked and for me then Carvajal comes out on top he's got to try emotion he's got to detach himself uh, from that and just doing what he's been, been good at just, being, just be ice cold receiving the ball taking him on with 1v1 situations as he did and he stood that beautiful ball up to Haaland in the in the first half to their back post and even that check back and that just that little pop pass to the edge of the penalty box to get a shot off for somebody on the inside just keep making all those decisions right yeah. and just not getting involved not getting involved in all of that uh, lunacy with Carvajal because I think that's that's clearly what the Real Madrid and that's what you want I've been in that situation uh, before up against a winger I know I'm in trouble Oh, I'm in trouble here. I've got to get it. Got to get into his head. Got to rattle him. Got to do something. Got to agitate him. It's what you do, isn't it? As a defender, whatever it takes. Yeah. And I've, I felt like Carvajal was in that uh, mindset last night. I've got to try and rattle this fellow. I'm in trouble here. Yellow card. You know, something's got to happen. I've got to take his eye off the ball. Yeah. And that's what he did. Just needs to rectify that a little bit for the second leg. Okay, interesting. Uh, we'll take a short break. It's still two 0 to Inter. In fairness, it has stayed two 0 So uh, not far from a disaster. Milan hit the post as well a few minutes ago. Seventy two minutes on the clock our football show coverage is brought to you by Sky catch the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports back in one sec football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Welcome back. Football show is uh, ongoing Milan nil into two is where we are 75 minutes gone at the San Siro Sergio Busquets Kenny he is leaving Barcelona after 18 years, 34 years old. 718 matches for He's Barcelona. Only 34. Yeah. Oh my God. 718 matches. That puts him third in their all-time appearance list. Eight La Ligas, three Champions Leagues, and a million other types of trophies as well. Uh, joined the club 05 as a youth player. Barcelona B-side made his first team debut under Pep in 08. Over 15 years and 700 appearances, he scored 18 goals. Pathetic. Like that's Kenny Cunningham. So right, that is pathetic. Shouldn't, uh, it's embarrassing. Shouldn't taint his legacy. Shouldn't taint his legacy. Does for me. That was goals scored in tats. Uh, right. I always. I, it's funny. I just mentioned it to Arthur earlier. Half the reason I mention it is because Vicente Del Bosque has the best quote about any footballer in history about Busquets. Do you know it? It's so good. Yeah, I think I've heard. Go on. Here we go. You watch the game. You don't see Busquets. You watch Busquets. You see the whole game. <laughs> oh, good. A certain degree of truth in it as, as well, I'm sure. Xavi uh, always called him the best uh, first touch, first like one touch player yeah. he had ever played right. with. And you could see I that. You could see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he, uh, for me, it's all his build. You know, you you look at that prototype where he he did play that great team. He played at that deep line six, didn't he? Iniesta and Xavi in those advanced roles. So he was the one the ball was always funneled into. Invariably, wasn't it from the uh, defensive line and yeah, playing on that playing on the half turn. But that type of player, you know, traditionally six was he six foot two, like gangly. That you know, physically, you you wouldn't think somebody uh, somebody could could play that type of role as well as he did. But especially you compare him to Xavi and yes, the low center of gravity types. You know. Well, I tell you what. Funny enough, now that you yeah, now that now that I say it, that that type, I uh, obviously without saying, never played at that uh, level, etc. But I remember um, at Birmingham, Darren Anderson uh, came up oh, yeah. and signed for, uh, maybe for about a year. I think he he signed for as he left Sports. He had a great. Uh, uh, career at, at Spurs, but he was that when he we walk, he's six foot two, mm. you know, gangly, bow, bony, angular. When he walk, yeah, angular, good word. Yeah, exactly. You now you're looking at looking at him coming onto the train, the pitch, and like, what? Really? I'm not. I'm not really. <sighs> Joe, Boris touch, same thing. Yeah, Boris touch, half torn. Well, I mean, beautiful, wonderful technique. Oh, phenomenal! Like it just at odds in terms of what visually, like totally at odds in terms of what you're looking yes. at in terms of his. Uh, it was a, for an angular man. He became he became very smooth. <laughs> he became angular. very smooth on the on the pitch. Yeah, beautiful though. But very similar. Busquets, I'd, I'd make a comparison. Yeah, but yeah, that ability, Joe, for me, and I never. Uh, I, I played uh, centre midfield a couple of times in my career. Uh, only you know one of them go in there and. Get tight to Are him. You're an introverted right, right back. <laughs> oh exactly, God. exactly. You pioneer this. The original, the original. Yeah, exactly. But um, Pep was at that I game. Was encouraged Pep was at that was game. Yeah, and he said, the when, I find, being, when I find someone with the technical capabilities <laughs> of Kenny Cunningham, I'm going to use that. Difference being, always asked by Joe here to go into central field and stay away from the ball as much, <laughs> as much as possible. It was basically to go in there, whatever, just keep a simple kick and they might have somebody in there, you know, get close to him or whatever. Yeah. But Joe... Talk about totally out now. Our possession in terms of heading a kick in it, helping on Grant. Yeah. But when we had our team had possession of the ball, and you literally had to face towards your own goal and maybe look to get yourself involved, oh, panic! Right. It just gave me a sense of how difficult it is to play in that area of the pitch. That that type of role. These, I know these are very elite, but just generally speaking, the ability that's required to play in there quickly won. Uh, two touch in a very congested uh, area of the pitch you've got to move the ball quickly got to be aware of everything that's around you mm. yeah so even then I mean I couldn't do it obviously to the effect where I, ju- I just couldn't make myself available to receive the ball it just, it just seemed me the lads just seen me number and do you think if you'd been left there for no, no, 30 no, games ne- no I could never have done no. that could never have played could never could never could never have done it just couldn't couldn't have done it Joe. I hadn't got that uh, level of ability yeah so that type of player the mm. ease of which they we underestimate play. that yeah and I see him I've never easy. played against him now he wasn't in that I'm trying to think of that Spanish team the World Cup I don't think he was no he wouldn't have been around that 18 years now he came after that no, only Ms. Barca yeah, debut I was in 08 yeah I was trying to t- uh, think of that Spanish team who played the World Cup no he wasn't in there that was more the Mendieta vintage yeah so I'm thinking like yeah Mendieta yeah Valorant was the fellow of Deportivo some, I got some Spanish chair. I don't know whose whose name's on there. I'll have to have a look. Valeron, does that sound familiar? Le- left left footed player for Deportivo played in the Spanish team. Nice player. They had a good team around that time. Remember Deportivo? They were punching above their weight a little bit. Yeah. I can't remember that central midfield. Juan anyway. Carlos. I'll check the team. Was um who was uh, the Villarreal player, central midfielder, lovely player as well for a couple of years. 
maybe he's a bit after that year as well I'll come back to it anyway and yeah played the right then he played centre midfield he was right side midfield old maybe? men forgetting names on the radio isn't yeah and you're, mean, you're, giving, you're bigging us up earlier about our memory retention Jesus that's bad mm. Raul played up front that's an easy one isn't it I can't, can't remember after that uh, a question I was going to ask you you told me about this piece Danny Murphy had written and I'm very intrigued by it now we were talking about it off air where Danny Murphy did like a player ratings comparison of 1999 don't make a face you, you no, I'm saying it because generally this sounds really weak this is usually we're struggling for something to say let's throw in the, you know, the column uh, no, who, we, who the best team we could talk about Busquets we could, we, but we could, you know, it's pretty I could get another 20 minutes out of Busquets pretty low bar stuff and this is pretty low bar stuff where we're going but I, funnily enough I did find it interesting generally that stuff I tore on the page Grant the fact obviously Danny Morphy I got a little bit of time for I would listen to him same uh, so I was a little bit interested. you stayed you stayed we haven't even you haven't given it people don't know what we're talking about it's almost like I was interrupted yeah go ahead Joe so <laughs> <laughs> so Danny Murphy yeah. did like a player ratings comparison 1999 Manchester United I think just the first 11 give or take was it yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah first 11 99 versus Manchester City's first 11 give or take 2023 gave each player marks out of 10 and to your surprise to your raised eyebrow massive can't say massive okay. surprise uh, the team which came out when they add up all the uh, numbers and the scores at the bottom by three points three points maybe it was a little surprise 1999 yeah yeah better than Man City 2023 yeah so from memory we were trying to well I didn't see the piece. You were trying to remember who got 10s in the United team. Keane got a 10. Skulls got a 9. You were saying Beckham got Schmeichel a 10? got a 10. Schmeichel got a 10? Stam got a 10. That's f- centre half. Totally fine. Dennis Irwin got a 10. 10. No complaints. Gary Neville got an 8. 8 or a 9. I think he might have got a 9, Neville. Okay. Ronnie Johnson, a 9. 8 or a 9. Did he get 9? I probably would have said 8. Beckham got 10. a 10. I think For me, 9. For me, a 9. We're, we're splitting hairs here a little bit. On that year, I felt... 10 yeah. like you think but like I said to you, it wasn't assists, some the goals yeah. against Inter in the first leg set up both goals ever present played every game but we're, we're that year specifically I was thinking more a little bit more of that time scale remember that the couple no, of years no, it has to be that, that year has to be that year that has to be that year Jeez. so that's a 10 3 points though 3 points in it and then York see if it's that year York it's 10. York a uh, cold 9 I'd have, York was better in cold that year That's not even a that's not, sorry. That's not a question. That's a statement. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though. Yeah. So Man City, who got the tens? Haaland. Haaland, De Bruyne. Grealish. No. I think they were the only two. Grealish. It had to be obviously three points clear. They were the only two: De Bruyne and Haaland. Grealish not warrant a ten. No, no, Joe. This I'm a huge Grealish fan. No, not a ten. Okay. Not a ten. Eight, I'd say eight and a half. If I had to, if I had to give Grealish a, a mark. If we're giving Beckham a 10 I wouldn't give Beckham a 10 if you're giving Beckham a 9 you have to give Grealish a 9 8 and a half, 9 ok yeah, you've talked me down to an 8 and a half, fine yeah I thought it was closer personally I thought it was I was a bit surprised at the, the margin however <laughs> you know where this is going <laughs> I brought this conversation up with per chance a Liverpool supporter who also happens we to don't be have fr- time to get into this also happens to be a friend of mine who laughed off laughed, took umbrage to umbrage to the fact that the Liverpool team 1984 wasn't being spoken about as well which he put 
two or three points above the Manchester United team <laughs> that you've just mentioned. Now, they didn't win the FA Cup treble. They no. won the league, the league no, cup that, and the European cup Yeah, treble. that's him. And he had tens right down the spine. So the, Take so Robert out of the equation. The Take Li- Robert out of the equation. So the Liverpool fan had tens. Oh, yeah. Tens oh, wow, okay. all the way down the middle. Two centre-halves, Hansen, Lawrenson, Russian Daglish up the middle, Sunes uh, in, in central midfield, all tens. All tens. Wouldn't even, talk, wouldn't even discuss it. Yeah. And How so you? I don't remember that team week to week I mean I've seen the footage but I couldn't really comment mind you Alan Kennedy is a 10 as well which again extreme 8 what I was arguing 8 I think I conceded 9 in the end Phil so, Neal Phil Neal Alan Kennedy with a bit of an issue right side of midfield in terms of who was actually the right sided yeah. uh, midfielder yeah so I take the point that it's a little bit cheap and easy to do player ratings out of 10 add up the numbers at the end yeah. and somehow that gives us our answer yeah Quite a few variables have been left off there, yeah. judging people as individuals. Instinctively, let's assume for a second City do win the treble, which is very, very possible, if not likely. Instinctively, who do you feel is the better team, 99 or 2023? And I know it's hard to compare eras. I don't mean if they played each other in the morning. I just mean in terms of their stamp on the game in their era. Who do you think is the better team? Yeah, it is. It's so difficult, Joe. It really is so difficult. You try and pitch, in my mind, you try and put that Manchester United team onto the pitch presently against this Manchester City team. Could they have troubled in possession? Could they have troubled that Manchester City team? Where's the defensive structure uh, sound enough to deal with everything that Manchester City potentially could have thrown at them? You say, no, no the, game, the game's moved on. Yeah, the game, yeah. The, yeah, but that, of course it's moved. Yeah, so yeah of course to, it's moved on. But you have to, so just judge them in the, in like their era, where they were. Like, are City not ahead of United in terms of their stamp on everything around? Yeah, them? but what you mean by that? You have to break that down. They're ahead of them. What, what, what are you talking about? Like, are you talking about basics like physical uh, condition? Are you talking about? I don't think in terms of technique. Suddenly, no, oh, the modern game. Suddenly, players are that far more technical. Maybe the players. Think so? Do you not think not, that not, not, the way they would the, their patterns of play the way they would manipulate the ball that like just teams were not doing that in possession back in United's era like you watch games from even 15 years ago there's no respect for possession by comparison to today No I take I take your point I don't think there's a vast chasm I think there's underlying issues there as well in terms of uh, quality of the pitches yes, etc yeah. and being a bit, bit more pragmatic uh, back in the day I spoke to you about before those players back in that era and previously take them into the modern game the environment the dressing room the football club the physical condition the support uh, network the players have around them the quality the pitches everything like you know what yeah. I mean are obviously factors but I genuinely believe that Manchester uh, uh, United team could really have troubled uh, this uh City team there was real kind of character things you can not technique we're talking about that's easy. you can see that it's visible isn't it yeah. you're, ta- you're saying it's, the technique is better you can kind of see it we can argue about that uh, physical condition of players are they quicker powerful athletes you can kind of see that you can have an argument about that but in terms of kind of mo- uh, mindset kind of character uh, personality uh, this type of thing and how that manifested itself on the pitch and that Manchester United team with the likes of uh, Roy, yeah. uh, Scholes, uh, look, Dennis, the, the, those sort yeah, of players, the Neville. Yeah, I, 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 that's the funny thing, and that's why I'm saying like, there's, how do you gauge? How a, do you gauge the limitation to Danny Murphy's metric? And not his fault; he was asked to do it, so he does it. But yeah, I do have this nagging thought at the same time that what City are doing is so polished and so dominant, and yet there is a part of me that thinks. 
God, that 1919 would just find a bloody way. Yeah. One way yeah, or that's another. That's the fascinating thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's it. I think that's, what, yeah, but that's what they'd find a way. How would they find the way? They'd find a way through pure kind of stubbornness and yeah. doggedness and just refusal to lie down and keep punching, keep swinging. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. That's that real kind of personality, isn't that kind of mindset and mentality, and, and, that collective mentality yeah. that they, was inside they the They scream that more than the city team. Not, yeah. not that the city team don't have character, of course they do, but like that United team is just a bit special in that yeah. regard. So, so where that are matters, you? Doesn't it? Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, but that, but that was the defining aspect yeah, of that year. That trip, yeah, exactly. That European Cup final and the so, new camp, of course. So, what are you saying? <laughs> that Manchester United team absolutely blew me. We couldn't get. Yeah, I did play against them a number of times. Couldn't get near them. Yeah. Couldn't get near them. You just felt <laughs> as if when you did. Just like, you know, collectively, they just said, yeah, whatever, and whoosh, they went again, you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, it, they were durable, they were tough, mm. they could play, they could play within themselves or whatever, but if you put it up to them and they needed to, yeah, whatever, we play any type of game you want. Yeah. Here, physically, you want to go physical with us? Yeah, we'll go and we'll go physical with you, we'll outplay you. And yeah, so there was that. That's how, how kind of good they were. For different reasons, you're right. This kind of Manchester City team, the kind of football that they're playing, yeah, is absolutely phenomenal. But you shouldn't underestimate that kind of that mentality. I wouldn't say it's not prevalent in the modern game. Of course it is. Dressing rooms are generally the same. Personalities and you all pull together team spirit and you know strong leaders and all that type of thing. Still talking about the same things nowadays, but I'm not so sure it's as prevalent in the modern game, Joe, as it was previously accounted for as much mm. you know players taking responsibility themselves on the pitch actually influence the course of games themselves remember players on the pitch in my day just changing things on the pitch like changing yeah. well, you, you know you, you change with him we're got you know yeah no it's, it's a different era and so Haaland gets in the 1919 for sure <laughs> but then like as much as I love De Bruyne if we're, sticking, if we're sticking to a four-four-two, yeah, that, this is what comes into it, isn't it? You know? And we're sticking to a four-four-two. I'm not sure I can take out skulls for. Now you, that you could probably Bruyne. argue, maybe would you flip the Bruyne in as a ten instead of Dwight York if you're playing four-four-one-one? I'm not letting say, you do that. You have to have two strikers. I'm not letting you. So you're not letting me. You're not letting me put it. Harlan, I don't. I think Harlan, you're right. Harlan and New Yorker up front, but I'm not sure anyone else gets in. Yeah, I'm not sure the Bruyne gets in ahead of uh, Paul Skulls in that centre midfield. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Paul Scholes morphed he was everything wasn't he he started off he was that attacking midfield player number 8 arriving in the box kind of goals mm. you know, and I, then and then played that with John Rowe late in his career kind of uh, quarterback although he's never the greatest defender yeah. it was classic like Scholes arriving late picking up uh, yellow cards etc don't I, get me wrong but I would consider Grealish in for gigs albeit oh. gigs run from the halfway line is yeah. this iconic no thing. Joe I have to disagree with you there again I'm a huge Jack Grealish fan but gigs and then, Grealish has to improve his numbers Joe and I'm not a big numbers man uh, as you know I, won't be tr- I don't tr- be throwing stats at, at people but Giggs uh, goal scoring again and Giggs in the latter stage of his career to show you how good he was no it's just 99 season only just a 99 but say generally speaking he came in the last three or four seasons he played as that number 10 didn't he play in the pocket he was absolutely brilliant you know smart game intelligence was absolutely no, phenomenal I'm asking the jury to one disregard one. that because Jack, Joe, Re- one. Jack Grealish might do that in five, ten years time but he's asked to play a different way Grealish isn't he in this Manchester City team Giggs like stay wide 1v1 get on the outside crosses into the Dennis, box it? Dennis nobody's touching Dennis actually looks more of a 2023 player than anybody in 2023 ah, he's just right. immaculate timeless Absolute. oh here's one sorry here's one 
Given the... Uh, Shay Given? No, 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 no. way. You can't put Shay in the but team. Sorry, that's, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. I'll given, give him seven. Gi- give Shay seven. Don't tell him given that. Given his ability to play out from the back... Yeah. Do you say to Peter, you're of a bygone era? Hey. And as great as you were and the old, you know, the, the star oh, jump that's against Inter. That's an obvious Inter. one. You're right. That's an obvious he, one. He's he a goalkeeper. Out, does he? Oh, Shay. No, Schmeich, are you taking out? Are you putting Edison in? Because oh, Edison ahead of him. Yeah. But because the, yeah. He's, a, he's in modern day. Yeah. He's got more strings to his bow. But then Schmeichel I think as, it's a, as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think it's a fact. And no, it still puts Schmeichel there. He's absolutely phenomenal. So you're say, we're saying you're saying only Haaland gets in the 1919. Oh, oh, Haaland, you put me on it. <sighs> Neville yeah. stays. Ne- Neville and Kyle Walker is tight. I think Neville is the better defender. Understood the role better. I trust uh, Neville more uh, defensively. Walker, to be fair, has improved. He's matured a little bit in terms of some of the Fetty Loose's uh, defending first half of his uh, uh, career. But I think he's kind of morphed into a better all-round uh, defender, full-back the last, uh, the last couple of years. I and think that's a really tight one. Yeah, okay. And Neville if I, was smart. If I, allowed you to, um, Neville was smart. if I allowed you to move Jack Grealish over to the right-hand side instead of Beckham, would you, do, would you take that option? <laughs> this is Dave Beckham with no, more assists but the way and United, more goals the way United played wasn't it that delivery from the right hand yeah. side that was the game back then was it that uh, midfield for keeping your width don't overcomplicate wide areas delivery and nobody better and, delivery was and the free kicks Yeah. so we're just saying Haaland sorry you're just saying it I don't want to get killed but I see where you're coming from Haaland's probably the only standout and even at that I know. I'd say Stop don't now. underestimate how good a player Andy Cole was okay but just as a just, but steady just, but yeah, steady. Uh, the football show is brought to you by Sky Catch, the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports. It's still 2 0 Inter uh, against Milan. They're into, out of time now.